this is Linda Mattress Nichols, and I have with me the most amazing person, Stina Marie. Welcome, Stina. Hi, Linda. Thank you for welcoming me and having me today. <laughs> I would always have you. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> we always have such good, juicy conversations, and I am thrilled that we can actually record one around women who run with the wolves. That's just like blowing my mind, right? <laughs> how about you? Yeah, like how many other conversations have already happened that we've missed? <laughs> capturing Lord, yeah all right so first of all what a combination Stina the ugly duckling and the obscene goddess really <laughs> what's that all about <laughs> I like to be contrary <laughs> yes uh, uh, I love the story of the ugly duckling first because um, there's such in women who run with the wolves it's such a rich telling of the unmothered mother and learning how to mother ourselves and that's like that deep nourishment and that um that like psyche healing that we all have to go through in order to you know have this wild woman presence and to like really know ourselves and so the ugly duckling i love that that's a story we hear as kids yeah. And that, like, everybody knows the Ugly Duckling story, but when you read it in Women Who Run With the Wolves, it takes on this whole new life of its own where you really get it. Really? Um, yeah, and, and I think that then the obscene goddess, it's like the Ugly Duckling is a little bit heavier to me. Like, it's a little bit thicker, you know, read. It can bring up a lot of old wounds and, you know, things to look at. And I feel like the obscene goddess is the perfect balance to that because it reminds us that, you know, we can lighten things up. We can laugh. We can, you know, even when things are really tragic and hard, that laughter is this healing medicine that we have access to. And that is, you know, it's, it's easy. It's a simple uh, way for us to continue to grow and yeah. to um, elevate and I think that it's wonderful to have both like I'm a very serious deep thinking intellectual person and I'm also an obscene goddess so. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah what was it um Dimitri's daughter per Persephone, Persephone was taken mm -hmm. into the underworld by was it was it Hades then remember came along um her up and took her away yeah took okay. him took her down in his chariot into the underworld yeah and yeah. and her mom like couldn't find her and and did like everything in her power so to speak and kind of had her meltdown her nervous breakdown at the well and then along yeah. comes the obscene goddess oh you do such a good job at describing the obscene goddess <laughs> part I love is the the nipples are actually there's eyes there that's interesting to me because even the old-fashioned ships used to have sort of a uh, woman almost a mermaid type woman with her breasts just really sticking out you know mm. so in mythology the eyes being the breast kind of thing so that was the eyes of this woman is like helping them to watch out for danger and stuff do you ever think about yeah. that? Um, I just love like, 
when we really get into our bodies and like start to feel things, it's like you realize how sensitive your nipples are. And I think it's really interesting that, I mean, I rarely wear a bra, like I only wear a bra if it's going to be seen or pretty, but <laughs> you much, know, we, we wear, we wear these, um, these bras that are, you know, heavily padded and they have these like harsh underwires and like, we're, we're pretty like constrictive and restraining to this part of our bodies. Right. And so we lose that. It's like putting a blindfold on another pair of eyes. And I know when I, st- when I stopped wearing a bra and I would like go to hug my, you know, relative or like an uncle or somebody that's like, there's not a, you know, erotic or sexual connection with, and you would feel like something brush your nipples or you would just have this heightened sense sensitivity and it took a while for me to get comfortable with that get comfortable with seeing and feeling in that way and to you know to allow that like information so I think it's really interesting yeah and for years I didn't know that when women were aroused their nipples got hard and if they had thin shirts, you could see them. Like no one had called that to my attention and I just hadn't thought about it. <laughs> uh, and I remember being with a friend in, in some other state uh, visiting her grandma and and there was a zoo across the street and we were like, let's not wear our bras. <laughs> like early high school. We just thought that was the most daring thing. Of course, I'm from the era of burn your bra. Oh, we felt weird. We didn't want anybody to look at us too closely, and we basically stayed just a little bit, and then we kind of ran back home to our grandma's house. Yeah, well, it's interesting, too. Like, my first memories of being really young was, like, as soon as there was a raised nipple, you know, like, um, you get that breast bud tissue forming, and there's a little hard lump, and it's like, oh, my breasts are starting to develop. And as soon as it's noticeable, that's deemed an appropriate time for you to start wearing a bra. Yeah. And so right. at a very, at a very, very young age, we're taught, you know, the natural contours of your body, the way that your body is, is not okay and needs to be covered. changed. The shape needs to be changed. It needs to be covered. Exactly. That's and so what's really interesting to me is that like babies you know, the reason that the nipple is so dark is so that a baby with not very good vision right out of the womb, they can tell that there's a dark, there's a dark thing. They're going to move towards the the contrast, you know, and they're going to move towards that. And so I think it's interesting, like, that that being the eyes, that like the first thing the baby is attracted to is essentially our second pair of eyes. It's like we see, they feel that we see them. They feel that you know and then they're connecting that with their eyes they're going towards that like i see this and so there's that like eye contact almost that's so because the mother is the eyes for her child and so the child's eyes aren't working and so the mother is offering her eyes Mm -hmm. to the child in the nipple whoa oh goosebumps Goosebumps. here we go (laughs) okay so (laughs) the number one thing that I know you love to tell, especially women, is make yourself a priority. So mm. tell us more. Especially yeah. connected to the stories. Oh, well, yeah. So coming off of what we were just talking about, like, um, you know, the nipples and like the not wearing a bra thing, like 
I find it really interesting, the things that I've read about, like the health and the practice of wearing a bra and like, you know, correlations to breast tissue health and all of this. Um, but then there's this societal discomfort. And this is, you know, this goes across the board, that there are things that we're taught to do, ways that we're taught to act. And it's like, you know, we sacrifice ourselves, we put other people first. We're so concerned with like how uncomfortable it's gonna make someone feel if we just show up, right? If I just show up and I'm like, yep, these are my nipples, like that's gonna make people uncomfortable. That's gonna make people pull back. And so when we start to say, you know what, fuck it, like I'm gonna make myself the priority. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna show up just raw and unfiltered that's such a deep level of making yourself a priority. It's not just, yeah, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to make myself a priority by like taking a Zumba class or, you know, taking a bath, which like those are steps, right? I've got old journal entries of me struggling with like the guilt of leaving my family for an evening to go to a Zumba class. And so, you know, you take that step though and you deal with the inner stuff that comes up so that you can keep moving forward and keep doing that yeah, more think, and more yeah and women who work full-time it's it's more difficult for them to get through that stage that guilt stage of initiation because mm. there's their time with their family is really limited so to then to add something that they do just for themselves um, they don't really realize that that is just a stage of initiation that we all go through and theirs gets quite delayed right because they're working full-time does that make sense? I, oh, it totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not working, I guess, quite like f- corporate full-time hours, but, you know, running a business, I'm with the kids as soon as they're out of school, basically every day for the evening. Um, and, you know, cooking dinner every night and I cook real <laughs> meals, like, you know, and just keeping up with the house and relationships and all of these things. And it's like, you know, I, I have to remind myself that like when I'm present with my kids, I'm fully present with them. I intentionally invest in them. I'm doing things that are substantial and quality so that if I'm gone for a weekend, you know, visiting a partner or something, like I don't have to then like guilt myself for not being there. It's like, I'm there five days of the week, like every evening, you know, fully present with them. And you know, so those times that I'm not, they miss me, I miss them, but there's this, there's this confidence that they have that like, mom's coming back, mom's here, mom's available. Um, and, and yeah, I'll just go into, I feel like, you know, saying no, it's like when, when you actually look at like, what are the things that are a priority for me that make me a priority that make my desires a priority then you start saying no to things that are just mediocre. Yeah. And I was telling somebody this last night, I was like, if someone is on my calendar, if something is on my calendar, it's there because I want it there because it's a priority. I don't do things purely out of obligation. I don't do things because I feel like I have a duty or because it's going to, you know, help me to fit in somehow. I went through a couple of years of like, oh, I'm so introverted. And then I was like, oh, I actually just don't like any of my friends. Like, (laughs) and it was because I wasn't, 
Like I wasn't aligned with myself. I wasn't showing up as myself. And so the people that I had around me were kind of like watered down, you know, they were watered down relationships for me because I could only be like 25% of myself instead of a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So yeah, fitting in and then being able to say no and figuring out what does make you happy. All those are so key. And then uh, you were alluding to that, you know, find your soul tribe, which is so much of what was going on in the ugly duckling that was mm. a swan, you know, <laughs> felt like it was so ugly and out of place or even being told it was and like, you're really ugly for a duck. He's like, yeah, because I'm a swan. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm really getting a sense of that now in like where are people's vibrations and now I have my like absolute draw the line. I will not work with someone in, you know, like this area of vibration. Um, it's not fair to them. And it kills me. <laughs> it's so exhausting. And, you know, it's interesting. The people that pay you the less expect the most on top of it. <laughs> right. You vibrate the least, expect the most. Right? Yeah. I remember, um, yeah, there's a funny little chart that I found that's, you know, pricings for services. And it's like, the more that someone wants to do of the project, the more they have to pay you, you know, cause you're going to end up babysitting them the whole time. It's like, if you just want me to do the whole thing, I only have to charge you a hundred dollars. If you want to do the whole thing and like hire, hire me to do it, then it's going to be like $5,000. That's hysterical. I love your pricing. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. And I just tell my clients, like, I don't even usually give you an assignment. Because, you know, it's most likely not going to get done anyways. So, you know, and if there's something that you're charging off, you know, going to go do, that's like fine. And if it doesn't get done, that's like just fine. And we'll do it together because I'm like a hands-on project coach, right? You get yeah. the damn book done in 30 days. Just like one of the examples, right? <laughs> I'll change your website for you. Not a problem. You want a new about page? I'm on it, right? And it's done. Then yeah. it's done. So that's the one thing we don't do well as women is delegate, right? And I'm <laughs> a well-supported woman, so, right? I It's like they don't even have to stop and think to delegate. I'm just like right there for them, right? Yeah, it's um, something that was I was thinking is kind of going back to the, the ugly duckling, the swan, feeling like they don't fit in. Yeah. Um, the thing that really sticks out to me in the story is when – the ugly duckling or the swan is watching the, the watching the swans fly over, you know, and, and watching them and hearing their sound. And there's this like instinctive, like longing, you know, yeah. there's this like, I should be there nice. kind of moment. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the duckling ignores the feeling and yeah. sticks around and gets frozen in the lake. Yeah, because it already shoulded on itself. Instead of <clears throat> I belong there, it's like, I should be there. Well, you're not going to get there with that attitude. <laughs> well, I should be there, but also I should, like, I shouldn't want that. Like, I should be here. Yeah. It's just like Double this, shooting. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it wasn't like, I feel this. It must be right. I'm following it. It's like there. all yeah. of this. Yeah, it's like, oh, but I want to fit in and I want to, you know, be here and like this is where I belong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really the like instinctual belonging was that pull that like I hear, like I hear the song of my soul tribe. I hear my people, you know, yeah. 
And this has been a reoccurring conversation that I've had with several um, copywriting clients this week is that when you're looking at like, when you want to find your soul tribe, when you want to reach a new goal, when you want a, you know, romantic relationship that blows your mind, like whatever that is, whatever that transformation is, it's like, we have no clue what lies on the other side. And so once you're there, you're like, oh my God, I didn't know this was even possible. Yeah. It's like, what? And so that, like, that little bit of instinct, that little bit of a pull, if you do not pay attention to that, then that's what you're missing out on. Totally. It's like, that's all we have. It's not like we feel like, oh, choice A, choice B, which one do I want? Yep. It's like choice A or like, this mysterious, like, I don't really know what this next thing is, but I feel pulled to it. <laughs> you just, you feel crazy, right? You feel crazy in the process yep. because all your life you've been told you're an ugly duck and you have no, you don't even know what a swan is. Yeah. You don't know what it means to be a swan. There's a lot of mother wounding of like jealous mothers, mothers who are jealous mm. of their daughter's abilities and talents. And so they don't give them the kudos and whatever. And at the right time, it's, it's creepy. Oh, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> fear and fear is an illusion. So mm. we make it all up. And man, what you just were describing, it's like, yeah, creating a problem outside of self. Right? Making up all this stuff. Like, I love Kyle C's video um, on YouTube. And I, oh, what is the title? I never seem to keep that in my head. It, <laughs> it's about this guy who's in love with a porn star and, like, should he dump her? And it's Kyle Cease goes into super deep psychology. But, and the bottom line is he, that's not the problem, right? The problem isn't the problem. I was talking about that with Paula Burton, her interview. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's like, it's just a decision, an internal decision that you get to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what fear does is it's like a black hole that just like sucks your energy in. Yeah. And, you know, I've noticed this for me in the last year, like specifically around money. It's like when fear comes up, it's like, it literally moves you nowhere. It serves you not at all. It does absolutely nothing. Like what problem have you ever solved in your life because you were fearful enough to make it through? Right. Like nothing, never doesn't work out. Not a good thing. It's, it's just a total drain. Yeah. And so that's where the illusion comes from where it's like fear wants you to think if you just are fearful enough, it will like motivate you to, to a solution. Right. But like going into the, you know, decide you are the magic is like our next one. It's like, you make the decision that, you know, okay, fear, I hear you. I see you like, I got it. But then you decide that that's not the truth. That's not reality. Reality is okay. I've got an unexpected bill. Yeah. Like, it is what it is, right? It's not going anywhere. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to harm you. Yeah. Um, even if there are creditors hounding you, like you're going to be fine, like yeah. to be able to be that grounded in your body and then say, okay, what am I going to do? Like, 
you know, the, the solution is not to fret and, you know, stress out and worry about the bill. The solution is, okay, I want, you know, I want to take these steps. I want to get these clients. I want to do this. And, you know, and doing that because it's, it's like the fear comes up to teach you. The fear comes up to show you where you're still in lack, where you're still hiding, where you're still in scarcity. Right. And so that shift is to, to put your, to put your energy elsewhere, to put your energy in reality. Yeah, right. And I want to, it's still in lack, you know, so the next level of that is I choose to, this is mm-hmm. what I, and then actually go do it, right? That next step. Yep. This is the next step. And I want is like, what is the outcome, right? And mm-hmm. it can have its shadow side and not. What is the outcome I am choosing? Okay, now I'm going to take that next step to create it. Even though I don't even believe it's possible, I can still take mm-hmm. the next step towards it because there's plenty of success stories out there, right? And kids do it all the time. My husband saw a bike in the window and nobody in town had that bike. It was a banana seat bike until old we are. <laughs> and he got it. He, he figured it out. You know, the kid from the tiny little trailer in town, he figured it out and he got his bike and, you know, he was the talk of the town, let me tell you. <laughs> and he didn't get it for that reason. It was just cool and and he'd never seen one before, and it was like, he just saw that bike, and he is like, that's my bike. We mm. belong together, right? I love it. Yeah, I feel like that's the... <laughs> what was that? He kind of does the same with wives, too, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I saw you, <laughs> and I knew I was marrying you. I'm like, you want to marry me? Where do you want well, to that's the... <laughs> you have two weeks, take your time. Okay, then. <sighs> But that's the, that's what happens and what I've seen happen in my life when you actually tap into your soul and you tap into who you are, like the absolute depth and clarity of who you are. And you're not in the fear illusion and you're not in the ego and you're not in, you know, all of that gunk and you're not worried about what other people think and you're not worried about all that. It's like, okay, who the fuck am I? And really tap into that decide that that's who you are and the word decision you know it means like to decide it's like um scission you think of like scissors incision it's cutting off so when you make a decision you cut off all of that other bullshit and you come into yourself and so then when things show up in your life that are like a reflection of your true self you're just like yep So you come into yourself and if you tap into say like your divine masculine as a woman and then the man shows up in your life, that's a representation of that energy. You're just like, fuck yeah. Yeah, You know, there's, it's, it's like, you just are like, yep. And that's what's missing in the ugly duckling story in that initiation. Like the duckling is so confused about who they are because no one has ever like reflected that to them. And it's, it's literally in the reflection, right? Like it's literally in the reflection in the water that the duckling is like, oh my God, I'm one of them. Oh, that gives me goodness. It's just really beautiful when you find your tribe. And it very much is about listen to your womb. And I'm all about like getting, I mean, we can float around and just ignore our bodies. It's easy. 
it's, it's the work, if you will, is getting it down into that second chakra. And it's not work. It's only work if you fight it. It's mm. easy to get it down there. Just do it, you know, stay out of your head. I mean, I've got a simple exercise for it, right? So, mm. and you do too. Anyways, that fully embodied soul where mm. the masculine and the feminine energy are married together, serving one another, the masculine knows when to start, knows when to stop. You know, it's all about the boundaries and keeping us from burnout. And yeah, I love it. Okay, keep going. So yeah, own your power. That's basically where we're at. And embody your sexual power. And then invest your energy. What, what are your thoughts on invest your energy? Mm. Um. Well, as you know, in my writing and in my teachings, I've referred to sexuality as who you are and how you relate to other people. And I, I recently found out that the words, the root of the word sex comes from sext, which is like to separate. And so there's this, there's this sexuality being this desire to reconnect, this desire to like come together. Right. And I just, I was like, well, that's just totally in line with like, that energy of who I am, which we're just talking about and owning our power and then how I relate to other people and relationships are everything. Communication is everything. You can't go through a week of life without interacting with other people. And so what, what we've talked about, like saying no, fitting in all of that, it's like, how are you investing your energy? in those relationships where do you need to say no how do you need to set those boundaries and the um in the story of the obscene goddess like the investment of energy that we see from dimitri the this distraught mother like it says she's like basically like i have this image of her kind of floating over the lands like you know like flying over, just like scouring every yeah, corner of the earth. Body, and I'm sure that's exactly what, what she was doing, right? And, yeah, and it says she's just disheveled and like her hair's a mess and she's dirty. And it's just like, I mean, the woman has obviously not made herself a priority in this search. And all of her energy has been invested in this goose chase, this wild goose chase, you know? And she, is it's like she's so distraught she's so in the fear illusion that there's no clarity there's no like real investment of energy because like you said she's so out of her body she's so in this like ah how am I gonna find my daughter um dropping that deeper, and deeper into hopelessness yeah she's disconnected from her in her mother's you know intuition and yeah. There's not that wisdom about it. And so her investment is all into the, this like grief and sadness and just depression, really like just totally disheveled state. And what shifts that, like what breaks through that is the obscene goddess. You know, she comes up, like you said, her nipples are her eyes, her labia are her lips. She's that it's just a body, right? Like there's no head. It's this is the head. This is the the vagina or the lips, right? Yeah. So yeah. like her body is her head. Her like that. There's no separation. Well, it's her sex. Her yeah. The I've seen goddess body is the kind of like the sexual organs, right? So her eyes are the nipples and her lips are the vagina. Right. And there's some yeah. So it becomes like it becomes like a total integration. 
Yeah. Right. Well, like where to... body and soul. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Which is, part, which is your place of healthy detachment too. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about it is Dimitri was in her own um, underworld experience and her daughter, because her daughter like hadn't gotten there on her own, so to speak either. She was taken by Hades, right? And brought mm -hmm. there anyways, like you're going to get there one way or another. We will have our, our underworld experiences that mm -hmm. we so desperately need to take us to the different stages of initiation. Or we can wake the fuck up <laughs> and and take a look at at those shifts and you know be a little more conscious. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. I've seen that in my life where I um I would say like last year. Um, I won't go into all of the details and all the story. I would just say I spent last year dating for the first time in my life, yeah, right? and it was like the level of embodied learning that that provided me is like there's no experience that could surpass that but it got to a point where I was like you know I'm pretty much done learning my lessons this way because it's painful and it's exhausting and I don't feel nourished and I don't feel held and I don't feel like this is like truly what I want like I don't want to date for the rest of my life this isn't fun right so um, so like looking at that and being like, yeah, you know, I want to keep growing. I'm always going to want to keep growing and learning, but I would much prefer this happen in a way that like continues to lift me up and, you know, ascend and elevate and, and, um, just, yeah, like hit new levels without having to dredge myself through the muck and the shit and the you know, whatever, it's like, no, I can do this from a, like you said, a more conscious place. Mm -hmm. And so the shift that happened for me was then like, okay, now the relationship that I'm in, my challenges uh, feel very different. Mm -hmm. So the challenge now is not, um, it's not just a struggle. It's not just heavy. It's not just this like, like consuming death to go through right. it's like oh like now I have to practice being really vulnerable now I have to practice showing up completely uninhibited now I have to practice showing up without a filter yep. and then I'm doing it and the feedback that I get is like oh my god I'm so glad that you feel safe to show up this way yeah. and I'm like oh my god what like I, I <laughs> yeah and you can so, go back to the whole cycle again then in Fearing what you've now just invested all this time and emotion into <laughs> as mm. well, right? So it's still it's still the same journey of staying conscious and and really having that love for yourself with those healthy boundaries for yourself and mm. continually like radaring and you know <laughs> allowing the world to check in with you and you with the world as to um, who you're allowing in your personal space. Yeah, that's huge. Because the, I mean, when you think of investing too, like when you invest money, you get um, interest in return. Like, so wherever you're investing it, like expect the return to be more. And that's whether it's a positive thing, a negative thing, like yeah. it will, it will pay you dividends whether you like it or not. 
Money so. is the root of all evil. No, money's an energy. If you're a jerk, you'll just be more of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, and I think too, to the point of, um, you know, what you're saying about just the, the level of consciousness and self-awareness, what I've learned is that the, like, investment, like, if you make a financial investment hastily, then it's not usually a very wise decision. Like, you need to slow down yeah and every like when everything is an emergency in your life and everything is urgent then you can't do these things you can't have a embodied experience of your soul you can't own your power you're not speaking your truth you're not saying no like you're in this constant fight or flight like everything has to be taken care of now everything has to be done now and and that just completely wigs out your hormonal system and it's you you can't you can't have I don't think you can have a fully lived life in that state no and it reminds me um you know we've talked a lot as we're talking about the obscene goddess a story about my mom and her friends and their dirty jokes yeah, I love this story <laughs> um I was you know it was when I was very small so probably like six eight ten age range and this is like before we could send each other things on our phones and, you know, do like send funny memes to each other. And this is like, my mom didn't even have email. So my friend, my mom's friend had email and would print out these like stacks of jokes and bring them over to my parents' house. And they would be like, you know, huddled together in the corner of the kitchen or something, or, you know, by the sink. I remember them like, you know, and they're both reading them and laughing their asses off. And it was always very clear, like, this is an adult thing. You're not allowed to see this. And occasionally there would be one that they're like, okay, you can see this page, oh, funny. you know? And I just remember always being like, I want to be in that club. Yeah, like right. I want to be, right. I want to know <laughs> what's up. <laughs> And so it's, it's been really, it's been beautiful, like as an adult, like to realize that like, I'm kind of like, now those things are okay. Like things get set around me with my parents' friends that I'm like, oh, this is what was going down the whole time, you know, yeah. way back when. And it's, you know, the thing about like laughter and the thing about humor and that level of connection and just sort of freedom, like is an energy of slowing down and it's an energy of lightening the pace yeah. and it's an energy of celebration right it's just like we're so present here like when people are really laughing and like having a good time like you don't doubt like where their head is or yeah. if they're like really present or enjoying themselves right. and so it just it puts you in such a different state because it's like the whole purpose of laughing and the whole purpose of all of this is just to have a human experience. It's just to enjoy ourselves. It's just to be here with each other and connect and communicate. Yeah. And there's not this like goal oriented, like, you know, what are we doing with our time? And like that, like hyper focus on, um, I don't know if productivity is the right word, but just that like, you know, go, 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 do, do, do linear stuff. <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, an author, Paul Smith, calls that allowing. And I love, mm. you know, what I'm learning from him these days, too. I can't wait to learn some more. So, yeah. <laughs>